everybody, and welcome to this edition of the All the Anime Anime Limited podcast. We are coming to you live to tape, or live to MP3, I guess, technically, in what is beautiful, grey and wet, horridly wet, Glasgow, Scotland. We are on the first day of Scotland Loves Anime 2017, and we have got quite a cast of characters and a very special guest in the office studio today. I am Jeremy Graves, and I am joined by... Andy. Keith. Lauren. Festival director Andrew Partridge. Is he protesting by not saying anything? No, just my mouthful. Okay, and I'm Jonathan Clements here in this really glamorous studio. <laughs> Yay! The most amazing noise we've ever recorded a podcast. We spare no expense like for you, a Jonathan. Bloody cellar on the third floor. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I call it Fritzel Sheik. <laughs> Oh, well, that is... Well, it didn't take long for us to get rid of it. Well, that went, I know it always goes downhill. Time of death, 25 seconds. It might be a record. But welcome to the programme, everybody. As I said, today is the first day of Scotland Loves Anime 2017. It's what I'm going to call part one of three Ooh. in a series of podcasts to do with Scotland Loves Anime this year. Will it be a series of three podcasts? How yes. many podcasts will it be, Keith, do you think? Three. Um, is, that, is that less than four? I think it could be three. I mean, um, carry on. <laughs> so we're going to be talking a bit about Scotland Loves Animation today. But before we get to that, we need to pay some bills. So make sure you visit alltheanime.com for all the information on the latest releases, delays, and also some really cool articles on the blog as well, which is at blog.alltheanime.com. Make sure you also hit us up on social media, which is at All The Anime on Facebook and Twitter, and it's All The Anime on YouTube as well. If you want to get some more anime in your eyeballs and add them to your collection, out this week is Aldenoa Zero, seasons one and two Blu-ray standard edition. You can add those to your collection now. Yeah. Next week, the 16th of October, it's Gundam Double Zeta Part One. Ooh. It arrives. <laughs> the time is nearly here for all of you people who have been stockpiling your Gundam releases you will be able to watch Gundam Double Zeta in its glory. It, it's wonderful glory of a series that has a theme song called Not An Anime. We'll let you be the judge of that. Then the 30th of October, it's a big day because not only are the standard edition Blu-rays of Empire of Corpses, Psychopaths 2, Lord Marksman and Vanadis Tokyo ESP available, Fairy Tale 19 is also available on DVD. What the fuck is that? Also. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'd love to hear about this thing that you're releasing that I presume you expect to be covered on the blog at some point. <laughs> some might say we've already covered them on the blog, and you guys will know about it again very soon. But also available on the 30th of October is A Silent Voice, available on standard Blu-ray and DVD as well as the limited collector's edition Blu-ray plus DVD set. And don't forget, we're also doing an exclusive bundle at alltheanime.com. Stop laughing. At alltheanime.com, where you get some posters with it as well. I'm sorry, I can't. I was so close. It's been a long week. It's been a week. I mean... Shit, it is Friday, isn't it? Technically. Friday yes. Yes, Actually, today like, is the first day of Scotland Loves Anime, Keith. I'd like to reinvent the name of like Friday to, to be to Monday. <laughs> Can we just read it back, please? Yadir. We are recording this on Friday the 13th, which of course is a brilliant day for people to be handling sharp objects all day. Lauren, I know you've been talking about how it's been very dangerous for us to be giving you so many sharp objects today, especially when you've had to trudge around in the rain today, which is 
Did we didn't, oh, we didn't give her sharp objects and then tell her to trudge around in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah, like a form of Glasgow. It's just do what feels natural <laughs> what happens. It's a new form of invasive social marketing. <laughs> 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 Come to Scotland or something, or I'll cut you! <laughs> <laughs> A couple of other notes before we get to some non-paying-the-bills-related discussion, I guess. MCM London Comic Con at the end of the month! Hooray! It's a busy time, we're going to be there. If you have visited the MCM Comic Con website or paid attention to their Twitter, you will have noticed some details have been revealed as to what you may be able to get at our stall. Because we can confirm it will be the first opportunity for you to add your name, not your name literally, as in the release of your name I'm, to I'm the collection. I'm glad you clarified that because I'm so old. confused. I know, because inevitably someone will say that, usually you, Keith. But yes, you'll be able to add your name to your collection. I fruit, Jeremy. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, the, court, the courts have actually warned you about that, Keith. <laughs> I mean, you should stop that. I mean, I've got a problem. Stop. stop grabbing the fruit. They don't call you the fruit machine for nothing. You'll be able to add your name to your collection at MCM London Comic Con. We'll also have copies of A Silent Voice and more available to add to your collection. More details in the coming weeks. A Silent Voice is a release that a lot of you are excited about and we have been showing off some English language dub clips over the past couple of weeks. This week we premiered a clip featuring the voice of Shoko, that being Lexi Cowden, and that clip in general, Andy, I know we can talk about it, especially given we've been looking through the comments, that clip has had an amazingly good reaction from everyone who's watched it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been the... We were kind of a bit... Uh, I see you <laughs> grinning, Andy. Yeah, we were kind of a bit evil and deliberately held that one back for a little while to, to kind of keep people keen, but uh, yeah, it's really good to see everybody kind of getting behind that and uh, being uh, being as excited for it as, as we hoped they would be. So uh, yeah, it's uh, been, been good to see. And of course, if you're in the Edinburgh area this coming Tuesday at the time of recording, it is the world premiere of the English language dub of A Silent Voice at the Edinburgh Filmhouse. Book your tickets now through lovesanimation.com. Well, technically through filmhousecinema.com. Well, I didn't realise we were going to the pedantry zone this soon, but okay. <laughs> well, I just, I, like, just, if they're going to go to one site... Actually, to I think you're fine. That's why I said through love animation. Colon slash slash. No one's taking off my Christmas card list. Oh. In some other news, not film-related news, there are a couple of simulcasts that we are involved with this season, both of them available through Crunchyroll. You can check out episodes of King's Game and Love Live Sunshine Season 2 on Crunchyroll this autumn slash fall, depending on where you live, anime season. Andy, are you excited for either? Um, so I mean, no. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a big Love Live fan, so I'm, I'm all for more Love Live Sunshine. Um, I did check out the, the first episode of the King's Game, and the, the body count is certainly racking up in that show pretty fast. So if, uh, if that floats your boat, then, uh, then yeah, go check that out as well. And the final bit of paying the bills. From the 27th of October, exclusive screenings of Perfect Blue to celebrate its 20th anniversary will be in the cinema. Head over to perfectbluemovie.co.uk to book your tickets today. Technically it's HTTP. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> slash, slash, perfectbluemovie.co.uk. Mm. Yes. But yeah, but, perfect, perfect film to take someone on a first date. Stop stealing my line! <laughs> you booker! That's my joke! <laughs> I didn't realise it was. I didn't 
God! Wait, wait. I'm stealing did... my material left, right, and center, you I, I didn't realize it was such an original joke. It was going to be a, a fight over it. Well, now, has, has, hasn't everyone made that joke at some point over the last few weeks? Because I've said it multiple times! Yeah, I thought it was my turn now. No! no. You've, already, you've, you've already had your first dip. <laughs> What's your problem? I heard the stuff you said on the podcast last week. Hush your gums. Oh yeah, that's the one without you. <laughs> I've actually forgotten what I said during that podcast. If you want to hear that podcast, everybody, make sure you visit alltheanime.com. And please message Keith to let him know what he actually said. <laughs> so, Scotland Loves Anime is here. It has arrived. We kick off tonight at the Glasgow Film Theatre with the UK premiere of Tokyo Ghoul and also a screening of Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Lauren, a personal favourite film of yours, I've been told. It's the best. Thank fuck it's on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's what we put on the poster. <laughs> we actually quoted that. Right. I mean. Jonathan, it is your annual pilgrimage to Glasgow and Edinburgh. The weather has been delightful for you on your day of arrival. Are you excited for Scotland Loves Anime this year? No. Cool, thank you very much for coming in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not excited. I'm, I'm spending today doing what I always do before Scotland Loves Animal, which is panicking about it all. Because that's my job, to, to panic and to distract people. Basically, I go up on stage and I juggle with chainsaws to entertain the audience, to distract them from the dumpster fire that's going on elsewhere, with films getting lost and people you know, falling over and things going horribly wrong. So that is my job. And uh, I panic so that other people don't have to. You're not panicking, are you, Jeremy? But I, I don't know if I can panic. I think, oh. I've, I've, I think I've lost the will to panic. Good. Jeremy is the epitome of Zen. He just mm -hmm. floats through on a cloud of happy feelings and joy. Oh. Can, can I do my business card? And this, yeah. <laughs> and this isn't my annual visit. I, I actually haven't been to the UK at all all year since the Naoko um, Yamada thing in April. So basically I've, I've spent more time in Scotland than I have in um, England this year. Dun, 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 dun. Is there a particular film you're excited for this time around? No. <laughs> or is there maybe one that stands out to you if there's one way to put it like that? Uh, well, actually, this year we have. Um, this is going to come up next week, I'm pretty sure, and I don't think either of them are going to listen to the podcast, so I can say this now. We have a female majority jury this year. Uh, the thing is, is that we have a f fireworks is in competition, but uh, it really is quite male gazy, and I don't think the jury are going to like it very much. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing what happens when the film that I think would have probably won with the average group of anime fans is put. Uh, in, in front of that particular jury. I think Lou, over, my prediction is, oh, actually, no, I can't really say, because people will hear this, won't they? Biasing yes. the audience. Um, not biasing the audience. Jonathan has a prediction, but he ain't gonna tell yeah, you what it is. I have a prediction, but I've just realized I can't tell you what it is, because many of you will be voting in the audience award. So, uh, good luck with that. I'm looking forward to the jury discussions this year. That's gonna be Same. fun. Which will be to... part three of three in our series of podcasts about Scott and Love's Animation. Can we say who the jury is? Uh, actually go, th go mention who they are, or should we yeah. save that for the actual... Do we normally keep them secret? We, we don't. We, we normally keep them in a box and then That's true. We unleash them. I, I suppose we probably shouldn't say who they are. I mean, I'm just I'm inventing a policy on the, on the fly. We probably shouldn't say <laughs> who the jury are while the festival is on, because people might try and influence them in the cinema. But technically, at the time of recording, the festival hasn't started, because it yeah. starts tonight. But this is going to be broadcast before the actual jury voting mm. weekend. The thing for the jury is, is that we haven't really given them a whole lot of thought. 
um, <laughs> over the over the years. It, they've just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, we've got two people in this room who have been jurors mm-hmm. at uh, Scotland Loves mm-hmm. Anime. Uh, one of whom was parachuted in when somebody else bailed on us. That's you, Jeremy. Mm. Um, and Andy was a juror, what, two years ago now? It's probably because of that that you were stuck. Yes, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, so that was was the beginning of the end for you, really. Yeah, yeah, so you've been there ever since, really. Downhill, downhill thing. So, yeah, the... I'm not saying it was a trendy, but both of them were judges now, both of them both ran away with it. Basically, being a juror, I was got on those anime, is a secret recruitment exercise. Um, If if, if you do well. If you're like, I actually think that Naruto was the best movie here, and in fact, the best thing, full stop then we might change our minds. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 well, hey, I was the one vote for Battle of Gods, if you recall that. I have that forget, James. He's still disgusted with it. Yeah, I am. Just hey, the, other, the other vote, uh, was it Passive Inverted that year? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Something else had to get a chance. <laughs> yeah, fair. But to be fair, Battle of Gods was damn good fun, and Dragon Ball Super in itself is mentally good. But I won't harp on about Dragon Ball because no one else is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> moving on moving on Andy anyway. any particular film that you're looking forward to seeing or anything that you think might stand out for people to check out um, I mean using my kind of privilege here I, I have been able to see a, a couple of the films uh, before uh, before Scotland's anime um, so I'm quite I'm, I'm also intrigued to see how people take to fireworks you know they're uh, there's, there's a there are a lot of kind of pros and cons around that, that film I mean as Jonathan mentioned you know it is quite malgazy but it does also have some really, really interesting elements to it as well. So I'm really interested to see how people take to that. Um, I've not seen Lou Over the Wall yet, so I'm kind of keen to sit down and watch that personally. Looking forward to that one. Which um, should be mentioned, if you're not at Scotland Loves Anime this weekend or you can't get to Scotland, it is being shown at the BFI London Film Festival this weekend. And I think, last I checked yesterday, I think there were a couple of tickets left for the screening on Sunday. So if you're really quick, you might be able to get them. Mm, yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, there's a few others that, that I'm, I'm probably looking forward to. Um, Kids of Monogatry Part 3, I'm a big Monogatry fan, so I'll, uh, I'll probably go and check that out. And I've never seen Venus Wars either, so that's one of the other films in competition that I'll go and uh, go and check out as well. Venus Wars is a very odd situation because it is a UK premiere of a film that was first released in the UK 24 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and by, and, and, but it qualifies as a UK premiere because it seemingly has never turned up on screens. And I've looked no. around, I've tried to find it. I thought, surely yeah. Sci-Fi London has shown it or something. Yeah, I thought so. Surely some kind of manga video all-nighter in Birmingham or something. But no, <laughs> no. No one's done it. No one has done it. And this it's it's a film from 1989. It was in production at the same time as Acura. It is very evocative and indicative of the ni- late 1980s in Japanese science fiction. Um, and uh, it's in competition that's got enough anime because it's never been on a cinema screen. <laughs> I think it's a, a statement in part of how... that. That is going to be hilarious. Like, of how long they've tried to... Like, not they've tried to, the director has tried to bury the film as well. Not even because it's a bad film. It's mm. just... Like there's been a long, like a long, like a long amount of talk because he won't allow the, the Blu-ray that happened is, happened by accident. Right. Like someone oh, yes, did it without I, permission. Yes, yes, the director is basically in back, He's basically a long-time best buddy of Yoshiyuki Tomino. Right. And because some mad muppet said, if, like when it came out, this is actually possibly better than Gundam. Oh, he he hid it basically because he was like, well, Tony knows my mate, and I don't want him going. Oh, so you're not only a character designer now, etc., but you've become a good director too in so basically, Fear of Tomino has kept this film away. I mean, like, it's also I think more importantly, I think he 
doesn't like to up play his. It's the one film he directed, as I recall. He hasn't directed a lot. No, like I mean, like he 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 very rarely directed, and he and kind of masked it after a while. Oddly long, and I think you, around eighty eight, eighty nine, you get a lot of science fiction films in production, which thought they were all that until Acura came out and they realised that they completely underestimated what was possible and what audience were likely to expect. And they just looked down at their feet, sadly, shuffled a bit. Well, a case in point, Black Magic M66. Is, yeah. Oh, good God. Uh, which yeah. was, you know, which was the, the quintessence of Japanese science fiction. And then, oh, oops. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Acura appears to be better. And so, so I think there's a degree of embarrassment around some of the films around that, that period. And, and Venus Wars was certainly very long and certainly very 80s. It's very odd for me, I've spent most of this year enthusing to people about Atomic Blonde, which I think is, is, is the James Bond film we should have had oh, in 1989. So, so good. good. And yeah. it's so good, but it has a fantasy idea of what the 80s were like, which is nowhere near what the 80s were actually like, because the James Bond film in 1989 was viewed to a kill, which is terrible. And, and it's got a good theme song. Thank you for that. Yes, well, hooray. So, <laughs> and, and I feel very much with Venus Wars that you, that I sat down to watch it the other day so that I knew what I was, I was supposed to be saying in the cinema. And... It's, it's very difficult to separate the fantasy idea of what the 1980s were like from what the 1980s were actually like. And Venus Wars kind of gives you a bit of both. Because you're watching a period piece. You're watching a film that has... It was one of the first uh, Mangra Entertainment releases on VHS 24 years ago. So it's been around for a very long time. But an oddly large number of today's anime fans haven't seen it. And now an oddly small number of them will go and see it in. Now inspired by my winning... Uh, <laughs> marketing spiel at least three people will get up and go actually to be fair the Edinburgh tickets are performing really remarkably well for it that, like mm. um, Glasgow is as ever much more orientated towards the new stuff so mm. Tokyo Golden Fireworks mm. especially Keith anything you're looking forward to catching during SLA this year uh, or anything that stands out to you in particular looking forward to seeing fireworks yeah, again, looking forward to seeing Venus Wars because I love that old you school. You think it's going to be a beer and curry movie, don't you? Yeah. That's what you've, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's... You yeah. show up with a beer and a curry into the GFT, I swear. <laughs> How about a beer and a Chinese? <laughs> wow. It's going to be... from which direction you were going, though. Yeah, I know, like... I know. <laughs> yeah, I love hoping Venus Wars will scratch my retro itch at the moment. Oh, thank God you said that. I'm so glad you said that as well. I was expecting something far darker. Looking forward to seeing most of them, to be honest, but those are the two that kind of uh, leap out immediately to mind from the scrambled mess that is my thought processes at the moment. Lauren, anything you're looking forward to catching at SLA this year? Or anything that maybe stands out to you at all? Blue over the wall looks alright. Yeah, because you not had a chance to see it out of all of us. You work in marketing by any chance. (laughs) (laughs) We we talked that well. (laughs) It looks alright. I mean, it probably won't feel like root canal work. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. We might just got a title of the podcast. I'm I'm writing that one down. That's part of my marketing plan. Actually, we're going to put that on the front cover of the release. It'll be on the quad poster now. Lauren says it's more pleasant than having a root canal. Can we we take that and transpose it onto Dragon Dentist? At least that's topical. To be fair, oh oh, shit, that's the point. Yeah, because I haven't watched Dragon Dentist now. Actually, I don't think I haven't seen Dragon Dentist either. Dragon Dentist is pretty cool. Mm. I really like it. I, I like the short from the. It showed a couple of years ago that inspired. Did you catch any of it when it streamed on Crunchyroll at all? 
No, no, I didn't. Cause I, I saw still stream on Crunchyroll to be fair, but I just didn't have, haven't had the time. But so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Which worth noting as well, Dragon Dentist is a Glasgow exclusive. It's not being shown in Edinburgh, so if you oh, want to see it on the really? big, if you want to see it on the big screen, you will uh, you'll need to catch it in Glasgow this weekend, everybody. All right, tell me again, what's in competition? Venus, Venus Wars, Luca Seven, Lou, and Fireworks. Okay, right. So not Dragon Dentist. No. Okay. We've, we've discussed this last yeah, time. I know, I know, but I have. We weren't drinking. A lot's happened since then. <laughs> a, lot, a lot's happened since then, yeah. Andrew, what about you? Anything in particular you're looking forward to seeing on the big screen or that you think will stand out the most? God damn you. You switched it from looking forward to catching. I was going to say the plague and then the inevitable death. Okay. Andrew, anything you're looking forward to catching on the big screen this weekend? Uh, death of Stalin. It is a very odd feeling, uh, which comes up every year. Yeah. You, you sit in a film festival for three days doing your job, and then you think, oh, I'd really like to go to the cinema and see something, something I actually want to see. Well, I mean, <laughs> but bear in mind, like I, like, I did actually program everything. It's not like I just fucking throw darts at a dartboard. No, no, I think a lot of people, a lot yeah. of audience members don't appreciate that there's a reason why when you invite a director to a film festival, very often that director will not want to sit through their film because yeah. they've seen it a hundred times and they're actually sick of it. I mean, the thing about Naoko Yamada earlier this year, was, which was really impressive, is she actually wanted to watch her own film. Yeah. And she acted like she was a member of the audience. And she was seeing first it for the time first time. First basically, yeah. yeah I mean, which, like... is, which is very, very rare, because a lot of directors, yeah. you, you, I mean, I feel sorry for them. They come in, they, they do the big introduction, and then in the big film festivals, they'll sit down, and then the moment the film starts, you'll see them kind of crawling out. Yeah. Because they, they don't want to be seen to be visibly walking out of their Doing own Doing their Judas but wiggle. Also, they don't want to spend 120 minutes, you know, sitting through something they've seen so many times yeah do you like, recall when Naoko Yamada came over for the Kaon premiere did she sit through the film during that she did mm. I know because like I'd sort of so it's actually a general trend of hers to want to sit through the film uh, yeah some directors do some, like Makoto Shinkai for example does everything she does actually yeah. Makoto Shinkai during the like the world premiere of Your Name actually rather creepily actually was going around looking at people while they were watching the film because they were so engrossed that was at Anime Expo correct yes. I mean yeah. you do get like, you do get directors who go in to check the colour timing yeah. and to check the subtitles but you also get directors going right the way back to the first Scott Miller's anime like uh, Satoshi Nishimura yeah. who Satoru Nishimura, Satoru Nishimura like yeah. Satoru Nishimura who go there to watch how a foreign audience reacts and you yeah. had that with uh, with the K-On movie yeah. as well is that the because um, the the audience in Britain was getting a lot of jokes the Japanese audience hadn't got and because it was all set in London it was set in London and the Japanese didn't know what a dog poo bin was so they didn't get the joke that this guy gets a hand caught in one um, yeah so this is not the lucky depot I was expecting so yes so so when I say that you're at a film festival if you're involved in the mm. organising of a film festival quite often by the time the audience sits down to watch a film you've seen it half a dozen times yeah. uh, and so you know I, I do take the opportunity not to sit through something for the seventh time no matter how much I, I, I sometimes sit in when it's like it, I sit in when I can like when there's something I want to see and I've not seen it yet and depending on the year in question sometimes it's like it's either something I've seen before but only once and like just mm. for evaluation so yeah. the thing is you're always when you're evaluating it you're very rarely seeing it on the big screen yeah. like a f festival director's life is mostly watching like grainy screeners on DVDs or nowadays watching grainy Vimeo links with massive cats on the middle of the screen like um, Toho for example not Toho Toei 
burn their logo, just the cat from the logo, oh. massively onto the center of the screen. So it's virtually, you have to squint to watch. But that's how we had to watch Expelled from Paradise, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> like... How they made it. <laughs> <laughs> there are many answers to that. But, yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah, so, I mean, you're mostly watching, like, in screener format. So, if, if for example, we are releasing it as Anime Limited later, sometimes it's a matter of checking the DCP. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good way to, to crowdsource it out. If anyone else spots it in the audience, you're going to know quickly. Um, yeah. And very often, bear in mind, these DCPs are being made for the first time in the English-speaking territories at the last minute. Mm. So you're basically working to like to the last second. Which was the case last year with a silent voice. Wasn't the case it? every year. I mean, like. But I was giving like, an example. Yeah, I was thinking this year, fireworks, for example. Mm. Like it was uh, like a basic. Well, well, what, what, what was edge. the one uh, with Psychic School? So Psychic, 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 Psychic School, school turned up three days before it was screened. Hmm. The good times. It is one of the best looking films you will ever see. Yes, it is. It is. Great times. But no, honestly, if I had to recommend something in the festival this year, I'd say there's a combination of stuff. It's like fireworks is probably in the the top half of my releases we've done this year, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it's one, like, personally, it's interesting. I think there's there's a few moments which were difficult watches on the the kind of male get male gaze point of view and very sexual assaulty. Like in my like in the subtitle I mean like there's no I'm not gonna beat around it and be like be like oh, pleasant about it. They they regularly talk about sexually assaulting their teacher like Yes, yeah, she she's a figure of ridicule because yeah. she's got boobs. Yeah, um, I mean, which is a, I think a reasonable reflection of how schoolboys might yeah, talk yeah. in in uh, um, 1993 when the, the original yeah. was made, and quite possibly today as well. But I mean, so it's is it's like it's it's reflective of the characters in question, and it's not like it's not beyond that necessarily. Yes, but, 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 but it's like but even though, it's, still even there, though it's, like, it's a reflection of the characters, it's still it's, it's still a filmmaker makes a choice yeah. to include that exactly. Line. And to not answer it in any way, and to not engage with it in any way, just yeah. to say, "Hey, isn't this fun? This is how people. In, this, this is a yeah. bit of witty banter." Yeah, uh, and that's why I think it's going to be problematic for the jury, um, because you, because I think <laughs> fireworks is a is a you know it's a, I mean, quite it's a very entertaining it's, film. It's a very well done film. If it wasn't oh. for that part, I would be this. This is like the wings of Ronnie Armis yeah. attempted rape scene. Yeah, I mean, like it's, yeah, when you include that back into it, like they edited in wings of Ronnie Armis for those who aren't aware, they edited out originally a, an attempted rape scene where basically the the guy, the main character, Shiro Ladakh, throws himself at Laquini. Yeah. And she smacks him on the head with something, and he gets off, and they say no more about it. And the next day, she laughs it off. And there were girls in the audience when you yeah. showed that uncut version who said, I was okay with it until she laughed it off. And then I wanted to blow a whistle in the cinema, said yeah. one of your staff yeah. members. And like, yeah. But, like, I mean, like, and I agree. I mean, like, and like mm. honestly, it's a similar, like, it, it's. I think it's a very, it's it's a very, very similar, similar issue. I think if you cut those bits out, the film would not have been any worse yeah. off. Yeah, but 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 the filmmaker has made a decision to include that and and to and to regard it as something light-hearted and that is it's, that's going to cause trouble. For I people. would say problematic. Yes. I mean, honestly, I like the film. Like, barring that, like that, like the rest of the film is really worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I would definitely recommend. Like, I'd recommend personally the Night is Short in Edinburgh as well. Like for me, honestly, between that and Lou Over the Wall, I was. Huge, like I mean, like I like I really enjoy. Like if you've ever been a student, the night is short. Should resonate somewhat with you at like some point, whether it's 
Like, it's a great little film. I mean, I'm not suggesting everyone has stalked their love interest or anything, <laughs> but like, uh, like those of us with leg bracelets might might mm. say otherwise. But the point is, is that like you will associate yourself with one of the stories during the night, or just the concept that a night, like as a student, sometimes can go on from like, like from like six at night, six at night till what, like till like seven the next day, you know, mm. and there'll be endless sh- like like whatever the shenanigans are, something is going to go on. Like throughout it, and it's like it's normally something that that most students can associate with, like on some level, you know. The actual like whether you see, like cowboys as a representation of your like, like your own sexual identity, and such is another thing altogether. But okay. Have you like have you seen most of your thing, John? No, I'm just thinking of you in a cowboy hat now, as, uh, and and an open chaps. Did you? Did well, you need the moment, Jonathan? Leave for a minute, Jonathan, because I'm feeling quite uncomfortable here, being objectified by you like this. Too late. Witty banter. <laughs> Witty banter. Witty banter. What and a sign of the time. Bubble wrap cape. Oh, that's an addition I didn't, didn't either it, want or expect. But is it better than Dave, the home of Witty banter? Why are you advertising? No, why are you advertising? Oh, anyway, so have they given you any money, Jeremy? Pro- so he's not pro- shared them with us. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Yeah, look um, out the window and Hugh Laurie's there with a bag of cash. I don't think Dave is a witty banter. Dave. Another another film that's definitely worth giving a shout giving a shout out to is Tokyo Godfathers. Oh yeah, yes. and the fact and the fact that the the very special guest in Edinburgh as well is one of as one of the co-founders of Madhouse. It's, a very, very rare and unique opportunity. It's only the guy who flipping started both Mappa and Madhouse. <laughs> Says the voice from beyond. <laughs> is, that, is that festival director Andrew Partridge's new PA? No, apparently that's Moss. Yeah. <laughs> that's double got the reference. Thank you. But, but yeah, I think Tokyo Godfathers will be it's really, Mayper. really good fun. Let's pronounce Mapa. Tapas. Tapas. I think you'll find it's pronounced Tapas. So, uh, Jonathan, from your perspective, given that you're going to be involved in the direct in the Q&As with both guests over the course of the next week... Yeah. <laughs> what of it? What of it? Because, <laughs> you know, we have the director of Eureka 7 High Evolution coming over. We, we have... Do. We have Mariyama-san coming over yeah. from Madhouse. Yes. Uh, Tokyo Godfathers. Yes. It's a very unique opportunity, and when it comes to Mariyama-san specifically, yes, are you looking forward Fuck to yes. the opportunity? To yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I can. Can I talk about the the time limit on this? Yes. Okay. I'm a little bit annoyed, but this happens every time. Uh, it's the eighth year in a row now where the Q and A that comes up on Saturday or Friday in the in Edinburgh, and then Andrew goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, it's uh, only twenty five minutes." Yeah, but and this time I told you plenty in advance. Yes, this time at least I'm more in advance. But it, it does annoy me because the 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 Edinburgh Q and A is should be the highlight of the festival, and normally it is, um, and I will do my best to make this one the highlight of the festival as ever. But we have quite a limited time with him on stage because when the film finishes, they've got to get all the people out and all the other people back in, clean the cinema, and the next film has to start at a particular time, otherwise people will miss their bus. So there's this whole kind of rolling on, rolling domino effect. So we have to keep the Q&A quite short. And what annoys me about it is that it's also the most expensive part of the festival. Mm-hmm. My estimate is that the Masao Mariyama Q&A is going to cost Andrew £200 a minute that's what it's costing to fly these people over, to have the interpreter present, to have me present, you know, to get the cinema time, to have, you know, whatever Mariama's, you know, dolly mixtures or whatever it is he needs. <laughs> uh, <thank you. laughs> 
I made that up, don't panic. Um, it, it's, it's a very expensive time, and so it's in my interest to try and make it as interesting as possible, and I'm going to completely ignore everybody else's interest and just jump in on what I want to know. He worked at Mushy Pro for Tezuka, but I'm not too fussed about that because we've already had Ryosuke Takahashi at the festival talking in depth about what it's like to work at Mushi. So um, bearing in mind that time is limited, I'm going to ask him about the thing that interests me the most, which is the collapse of Mushi, the terrible recession in the 1970s and the foundation of Madhouse, what it was that led to Madhouse getting, getting founded. So we're going to kind of dive in at the middle of his, his career. And if audience members have the time to ask him about you know some early stuff that they want to, then they work on the later stuff. And then, of course, after Madhouse, there is the issue of, of, of Mappa. That you know, he 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 founds this studio. It does incredibly well. It becomes one of the icons of Japanese animation abroad. In fact, arguably even overrepresented abroad, as because, oh, because of the Yuri the on Ice. You mean what? After Yuri on Ice. After Yuri on Ice. Oh, I thought you were talking about a new studio. No, no, I'm talking about Madhouse. Madhouse yeah. I mean, at the moment, I'm talking about Madhouse yeah. because because they were such they were so big with Manga Entertainment and ADV that um, you'd get studios. Uh, it was it, the, um, Madhouse and Production IG yeah. were substantially smaller than the big studios in Japan, but got much more love abroad. Yeah. And then s- suddenly he walks away from Madhouse and he sets up Mappa and he does it all again, very late in his life, uh, at a time when most producers would be retiring. He's starting a new studio again, and I think that's a very interesting issue to pursue. And hopefully he won't be all Japanese about it and go, "Well, I can't really answer that. Ask me another question about Tokyo Godfather." So what you're hoping for is because he's more advanced in years, he's just going to go, fuck it, here's all the dirt. We, <laughs> well, the thing about well, Ma- 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 was willing to... Yeah, Masao Marigama certainly knows where the bodies are buried from two different studios, possibly three different studios, if you include Mushi. So he'll, he'll be the guy to tell those kind of stories, and we will certainly get him drunk as quickly <laughs> as possible with our usual whiskey gambit. Uh, the whiskey gambit is a powerful gambit. Yeah, I've I've never met Andrew's met him before. I've, I've yeah. never met him, so I don't know what kind of guy he's like. But he looks like he's the kind of guy who who hasn't got anything to lose. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's certainly I, I've never known him not to be willing to talk about these things, like about these things, as long as it's like reasonable conversation. Yes, you know? I mean I'm not. We're not. You're asking not like him. fucking recording it for like no. a secret like expose on we're the industry. We're not asking or him or to libel people, but what no. we're asking for is something that is very difficult to get out of Japanese guests, I mean, which yeah. is you no know, content. Yeah. Is what I mean, Japanese guests can be like getting blood out of a stone. And let's yeah. us not forget the uh, great year where we had. Can we talk about that? I like. Anyone who was there will remember this. Let's not name it. Like, yeah. we, we've had numerous problems with Japanese guests, which we try and deal with you know, on a case-by-case basis. Many of them are very shy. Uh, some of them are jet-lagged. Yeah. Some of them have spent the entire year in a dark room and yeah. are really unused to light. Um, and animators generally are quite a shy bunch of people, and it's very difficult to get them to talk about their work. And some of them are, are unable to enunciate what it is about their work that we want to know. Um, some people are just assholes, uh, which of course is another issue that you have to deal with. Not thinking of anyone in particular from that one year. So, <laughs> so you, you you know so you have a, a you have a spread of of different kind of personality types, um, and then you take these people, you fly them seven thousand miles away from home, uh, you put them onto a different time zone that they've probably yeah. only had a day to recover from, and then you push them onto a stage in front of an audience for an experience which is. In Japan, entirely unknown, and this is something that we have a lot of trouble impressing upon the Japanese and the British, frankly, yeah. which is that in Japan, media events are entirely stage-managed. 
yeah. everything scripted end to end. They're scripted. They're literally scripted end to end. The stars are paraded like show ponies and then pushed out of the way again. And maybe there's a signing, and maybe there isn't. But for all kinds of reasons, partly cultural, partly legal, and the chances of getting stabbed, um, they do tend to. Um, keep people at a distance and that includes the kind of questions that are asked and the kind of performance that goes on what we do with these people is we put them on stage in a in a very uh, european or american way we invite questions from the audience we get them to talk candidly about their work and some of them are reluctant to do so and it's part, partly our job to kind of befriend them over the course of the weekend and to try and make it clear to them that it's okay for them to talk um, candidly, um, and also that if they don't want to say something, the, the answer yeah. is I don't know, or I don't want to tell you that, or it's a secret, I can't mention it. Not to kind of spin some kind of bullshit, you know, response that just uses up time. So these are all the considerations that we have to deal with with the Japanese guests, and uh, and I, I always say, and I will continue to say. So one of the secret weapons that we have is the interpreter, which this year is Bethan again. Yep, yes, it's Bethan. It was Kazui last year, who was just as good, but we, this year we're back to my secret crush, Bethan Jones. Um, and the reason that we use Bethan, it's not secret anymore. It's not, that's, it's not that secret. Everybody knows, but. Um, the uh, but the but the reason is is that when you have an interpreter of Bethan's level, the Japanese feel that their answers are being understood by the crowd, and the crowd feel their answers are being understood by the Japanese. You're able to tell jokes with the audience. You're able to speak about your work um, using references that will carry across. Uh, and I've seen some terrible events where someone's friend from school or something who can say this is a pen ends up being yeah. the interpreter there was one with Makoto Shinkai in fact uh, oh yeah uh, in London, London where someone was asking him about his work and he was explaining the importance of the stories of Haruki Murakami to him as an inspiration but he was explaining it to an interpreter who had never heard of Haruki Murakami and who didn't know what those stories were and so it was entirely lost on the audience and the, and Bearing in mind that they were probably paying £200 a minute as well. That was a minute that was just completely wasted. Um, so those... What was the question again? Mario, I'm sorry. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I am looking forward to it because he's an interesting figure. I hope that he turns out to be, you know, one of the good ones. Uh, we've been very, very lucky over the yeah. years. We have had some bad. It's only a minority bad, and it's mostly been bad off stage. Yes, I mean, for example, it's... there was one year where we had a guest turn up, and I, I don't think it's fair to to name him because no, yeah, it... I know where we're going with this. Yeah, you know we, we had a guest turn up who was incredibly sweet and incredibly accomplished, had a massive CV. Yeah. We could have, I mean, we could have talked about his work for hours. Uh, much of it had been released in English, but when he turned up, it turned out that he was monosyllabic. He had never left Japan before. Uh, he was terrified of being on stage and speaking in public. And, and he wasn't that talkative to begin with. And we honestly thought maybe the studio sent him as a joke. <laughs> Let's see how they deal with this one. <laughs> Um, and, and it was very difficult and so we had to kind of find ways to tease him out of his shell and eventually we did and with it, the help of the, with the producer of, of the there, producer. Yeah. we put the producer on stage with him at the same time and it all kind of worked out nicely and it, it, it all went very well but you know we were looking you know right up until the moment we walked onto the stage we were genuinely worried that the answers would be yes no mm, that's difficult yes we game of literally a hundred questions <laughs> yeah. until the half hour is up what you often find with japanese guests and this has happened to me three or four times over the course of scotland Knows anime is that they are incredibly uptight and worried 
until the film has been screened. And once they see that the reaction is good, and once they understand that we're not trying to catch them out, that this isn't some kind of you know yeah. cop show where we're going to leap out and go, ha ha, you thought your film was good. Um, <laughs> Once, they, once they've established that, they get very friendly. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel it's okay to name him. Keiichi Hara was very reticent until his film screened, yeah. and then he was really chatty. Shunji Iwai didn't speak English until his film screened, and then suddenly decided that he did. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. Literally. And, and well, I, I don't mean, like, we don't mean he literally just thought, maybe I could speak English no, and no, give no, a no, shot. No, <laughs> it's like, a miracle. <laughs> but, but speaking as a linguist, yeah. I know what was going on in his head. It takes an incredible effort of willpower to think yourself into another language and to perform on stage in another language. And we provided an interpreter, and he was very happy to do it in Japanese. But after he saw that he was among friends, he thought, okay, fine, fine. I, I, my, my English is up to this, and if it's not, there's an interpreter standing next to me. Um, so it was also such a unique it, because it happened so out of the blue to all of us. Yes, it was such a unique experience. It actually, in many ways, kind of added to the event. It certainly made me shit myself on stage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that was worth it, isn't it? And, and, and it, was, it was Bethan's. Well, the cleaner the office. It was worth it. <laughs> Another thing it's to go back to, because you were mentioning that in Japan, like the, the stage events, they're so produced. Yes. And uh, I remember it was the year that the K-On! premiere happened. Someone flew over from Japan, did, didn't you they? did, yes. And I remember them asking a question, because yes. they managed to get a question asked. They did. And they flat out said, we don't have any events like this in Japan. That, that was mm. a very difficult situation, uh, because um, the K-On! The, the manager from... Uh, not from Kyoto Anime, from there. Who was from the TV? From, the, from a TV company. Yeah, there, there was a manager with the, uh, the Kyoto Animation people who was very... Um, hands-on and I, I've actually mentioned this in print so I feel it's okay for me to say this now we we were very much at odds with one another about the nature of the event and how the event should work and, and, a lot of other things. and, and, and in, to his credit what he was saying to me was really you know if this happened in Japan someone might get hurt you know mm, yeah. uh, and, and indeed in Japan some, someone did get hurt at an event like that. One of the uh, a voice actress was attacked a few years later. And I was sitting there waiting for his I told you so email um, to come in. And uh, it was very clear that uh, someone had come from Japan to the premiere. He turned up two hours early just in case there was a queue. Um, and he sat down and uh, it was very much a clash of politics on this one because he said, please don't take a question from the guy sitting in the front. Um, and I said, if he's come 7,000 miles... I'm going to take a question from him um, because it's part of our capital. The performance that we put on is, here's this you know, important event. This event is so important, someone's come from Japan, we'll let him ask. But the question that he did ask was, what are the chances of this kind of event happening in Japan? And the answer was, not on your life because of people <laughs> like you. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, that, was, that was a very difficult and it was a very... And the argument about that went on all weekend. Yeah. And eventually, um, we, um, the, the manager bought us all dinner as a kind of way of apologising, which led to a whole new... <laughs> A whole new set of miseries, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was stay tuned in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, th that was uh, that was politically very difficult, but that's exactly the kind of issues that you have to face because and that you as an audience should never have to experience from us. I mean, it's, it's things we we take on in the background, you know. Yes, but does that mean that we're going to cut all of this? So that no, 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 like, no, like it's, it's a point that, like, 
as an audience, you should never know that that's happened. If Absolutely. You, if you saw that, that question being asked, you would never know this has been a climactic result of a long, embittered battle over the weekend. Yeah. Like, I, I, sometimes I think it would be nice if the audience understood the financial expense of a Q&A. Uh, or a festival, I mean. Or, or, or indeed a festival. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've told this story before, but I was in... Uh, uh, Locarno at the Locarno Film Festival and there was a Gynax panel with 10 people from Gynax on the same panel. I mean, you've never seen so many people from Gynax on the same. And it, it was costing 500 pounds a minute to have this event. And they showed something and there was this big event and there was a whole line of PhD students in the front row who were all kind of ready to ask questions. Oh, it's Gynax in the room. It's, and, and, um, and so, okay, well, we've got very limited time, questions from the audience and everything's being translated into Italian as well. So, you know, to, you know please, has anyone got a question? You think, oh, please, somebody ask a good question. Somebody ask something interesting that will really draw these people out. And this girl in the front row stuck her hand up and went, my television, right, when I put Eva Gellion on, it's all squashed. Why, and why is that? Because I've got like a widescreen television, but Eva is kind of square. And the question was so ridiculous that it took two goes at interpreting to explain to them what she was asking. <laughs> and that's a thousand pounds down the drain. A thousand pounds, I'm watching this money just bleed away. And then Gynax look at each other. And then, and then one of the managers from Gynax says, well, I, I suggest you read the manual for your television. Uh, uh, and, and most he, expensive customer support call. The, the, the most expensive you know, iteration of RTFM. Um, uh, so th th and that was that was kind of annoying. I don't want to scare people off asking questions because some of the questions we get asked are brilliant. The one who the guy who said the Makoto Shinkai, why trains? Oh, that question. <laughs> Which, and I thought that was, oh, at, the, that was at the Garden of Words. That was the Garden correct. of Words, and it was. I thought, well, there's two hundred pounds down the drain. But then he just delivered this fantastic five minute exposition on why <laughs> trains were important to him, and it turned out not to be a daft question after all. So you know, you you, you never know. But yeah, these are all yeah. the kind of issues that that you know give me ulcers before the festival um, and like during sometimes for me honestly as a festival director the worst thing ever is dealing with conflict especially when you run a company as well separately a distribution company because you're not only if there's a conflict with someone especially a producer mm. dealing with the reputation of the festival for future guests you mm. know producer you never know who they may be drinking buddies with at the Absolutely. time you get better over time at establishing who they may be drinking buddies with though but yeah. like until that you do, you never know who you could be offending when you run a commercial company as well on top. Mm. Every conflict is another potential, like, fully armed mind you've just put your foot up and down, like, on, and you're jumping up and down on, going, go off! Why won't you go off, you know? It's like, it's always a challenge. It's why we're always super careful about who does the conflict component, management component. And also, um, Andrew and I have, over the years, stepped further and further back from entertaining the guests. Yeah, partially because of that, for managing the, the situation. It's not that we, we yeah. particularly hate them. Well, no, no. Well, the, fir the but, first year, in, 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 like, in, yeah. in 2011 or whenever it was, when we had the first two guests over, we, we, were there we all spent the time, like yeah. four or five days with them, kind of going to all these tourist places and looking at things and doing stuff. And you know, going to restaurants and getting drunk in bars and stuff. And <laughs> frankly, you run out of things to say to people after that much time. <clears throat> and also you sit there thinking, am I going to go to Edinburgh Castle again next year? Really? And I think like, it's less about transferring that to other people. Yes, obviously, exactly right. obviously the interpreter has to do that. But for us as well, it's because if both the person who's hosting the festival and the festival director have all this time to spare to hang out with the guests. No wonder the festival was shambles. Yeah, while they're flattered by it, like, etc. Yeah. They worry about it, you know? Like, they're like, well, why are we... 
you know, are we so problematic that we're being followed around all the time by these people? Yeah. And like, it's like it's it's a balance of and if it is a problem, it's better to have people in between to help mm. manage it because suddenly you know they're like, oh, you know, there's a question about you know, not giving this person a question. If it happens later, that actually goes ahead. Yeah. There's a plausible deniability for me and Jonathan to go, go, oh, I'm so sorry, we didn't I, know. I Someone gave us a mixed message. You know, I, like, it's, it's good would, management. My best possible position would be not to see the guests at all until the moment they walk up onto the stage and then there's no yeah. chance for them to give me a list of things they don't want to talk about. But that would cause all kinds of trouble elsewhere. For so. all of us. <laughs> for everybody. So we do tend to have kind of meeting pre-briefing, yeah. Pre-sort of briefing thing. And sometimes they go well and sometimes they go terribly. When Kyoto Animation showed up in April this year for um, Silent Voice, we had a very cordial chat before the event. And they said, okay, just a few things. You keep on asking, you know, the questions you're asking are about Naoko Yamada this and Naoko Yamada that. And we understand you're interviewing her and everything, but please understand that 200 people worked on this show and maybe you should mention, you know, the animators and the other people involved and so on. And it was just a little kind of nudge um, to, so that it didn't look like she made the film herself. Um, and that was all kind of fun. Um, um, but then again, there have been other events. The worst one actually wasn't, for me, it wasn't Scotland's anime, it was Locarno again, and it was the Gynax thing. Because what I didn't mention about the Gynax thing is beforehand we had a two-hour meeting about a 45-minute panel. What? <laughs> and, and yeah, it can go that way. I mean, yeah. you can admit, if you give that long before a, like an event, there's nothing else. So it's why we actually designed the pre, like, pre-briefings now to be at lunchtime, for example. Yeah, let's try and get it over. Somewhere, with. because A, it gets it over, and B... More importantly, there's always a film on during Scotland Loves Anime around the two o'clock mark. So I have to go and So we, we, we literally have to, to go and manage. Yeah. That. So it, it means there's a deliberate level of restriction. So unless there's a real problem, it shouldn't take more than yeah. like that amount of time, including yeah. food. But it's a constant question. In, in the case of Gainax, for example, they said, well, what questions are you going to ask? And I said, we don't know. It's a, it's a Q&A event. The audience will decide what the questions are. But what do you think they'll ask? They're worried. They're worried that they're going to be put on the spot or they're going to be asked kind of general knowledge questions they don't know the answer to and they're going to look stupid. So it's part of our job is to say, if you don't know, just say you don't know. It's fine. The audience understand you're not an expert about everything. Um, and sometimes with the more obscure people, my job is to get them to uh, tell people what it is that they've done, to list the names of shows that they've actually worked on so the audience go, oh, they made that. Oh, I've always wanted to know, you know why that character had bunny ears or whatever. Um, and the most difficult guy for that was Masahiko Minami because mm. I knew that most of the audience didn't really know who he was because it's not really clear what producers do and whatever. And so, you know, he came onto stage and the first thing I said to him was kind of, so, you know, what are some of the favourite shows that you've worked oh, yeah. on? Just to get him to list like half a dozen things that he was proud of because then we'd know that he'd be prepared to talk about them and the audience would know what they were. And he went, it's kind of a long pause, and he went, frankly, I'm... All my shows are my favourite. I love them all equally. And I was like, this is no help! <laughs> You're not helping! Tell me! Um, so that was kind of annoying. Cool! Well, that's the Deep-seated pain. Kind yeah. Of Sorry, well, it's just... It is really frustrating, though. It's a problem. It's like... The re- you know, I don't normally do a podcast before the festival because I'm freaking out about all this stuff every year. And now we get to articulate but, it and yes, play it back now, to you Now you put me in front of a microphone and ask me what I'm thinking. <laughs> this is what's going through my mind. Um, so there you go. It's very interesting to hear though because obviously the rest of us in the room, we're, you know, helping out in different ways and whatnot, but we don't necessarily know all the inner bits that are involved. But Jeremy, you've, you've done on-stage interviews at MCM. You must have gone through this process, you know, every single Oh, no, totally. I just meant as a whole, hmm. all of us as a whole, because it's very much 
you know, we are a part of a cog in Scotland Loves Anime. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I am the organ grinder. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think what Andrew's managed to do over the years is he's managed to compartmentalise different parts of it. Because the, the first year of the festival, Andrew was doing everything himself. And I think, I don't think I speak for you when I say this, he realised that he didn't need to introduce the films. Yes. Mm. He didn't need people to know that he was the festival director. They knew that. Actually, was I prefer not that most of the time. I mean, it's them. when someone complains that but, like, we didn't scream the end of Batari Gusko, which we did. We definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> then it doesn't come yeah. back to me first and so but, but, you know, you can... You can uh, you can subcontract the business of introducing the films while you get on with something else, like finding where the films have gone, which is <laughs> one of the things that happens behind the scenes. So, and uh, so bit by bit, he's been able to, to do that, um, which makes life easier. And uh, uh, frankly, we subcontracted entertaining the guests now. Yeah. Normally, uh, I mean, last year it was uh, it was Kerry Ten and uh, lest we forget and Beth and the girls on tour. Uh, dragging the guests around Edinburgh and Glasgow wherever it is they wanted to go so we kind of subcontracted that as well because entertaining the guests is not necessarily the job of the festival director he will have other things to do um, and I, I don't know when you reach a kind of happy equilibrium when you've got exactly the right number of staff doing exactly the right things because there's always going to be something unpredictable that yeah. goes horribly wrong um, yep so Keith make sure you've got your interpretive dance on, st- on standby for when a film decides to not play for about 10 minutes or something this weekend I'm not going to lie, it's kind of rusty, Jeremy. <laughs> the fact you said it's rusty, that's better than uh, not having it at all. Prob- so there you go. You should probably see a doctor at that point, Keith. I've got a cream, it's fine. Oh. On that note, everybody, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week with part two of what will be the Scotland Loves Anime three part series. <laughs> Pardon? You just got like, an hour of nothing but complaints. Are you sure you actually want to broadcast that? All right, fine, go ahead. We'll see what the reaction is. Yeah. Nothing but Let complaints. us know what you think on Facebook and Twitter <laughs> at all the anime. Here, I guess. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week with another show. You'll find out how the Glasgow weekender went and no doubt how some of the Edinburgh leg has gone by that point. And, uh, and we'll see how Jonathan's fairy at that point as well. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be there screaming in the streets. I am yes. the lizard king. There you go. <laughs> and, and for those of you wondering, we will be doing a, a judge's post-mortem special as we, all, as we like to do. It's become yeah. tradition. And it's, it's one of the shows that we know a lot of you guys enjoy every single year. And... Expect spoilers because it's difficult to discuss stuff without spoiling it at times, but it will be a good time as always. Make sure you hit us up at alltheanime.com. Visit us on social media at alltheanime on Facebook and Twitter. If you've got any questions, feel free to throw them our way. And for all the information on Scotland Loves Anime, it's lovesanimation.com, lovesanimation on Twitter, and loves.animation on Facebook. What about the HTTP? Yeah. Andrew, <laughs> anything else you would like to close out with? Any like final words before the festival begins? Anything just to make people aware of or anything? Uh, tweet, tweet, tweet like your life depends yes, on it. Actually, after each film, tweet uh, your opinion of it. Yes. Try and keep it within the, the original character length, not the new character length. So to, to add love's animation? Yes. Uh, or just generally, because hashtags. Just ha- having having tweets to read out adds to the fun for me. Yes. Use the hashtag SLA2017. Uh, because otherwise Love's Animation takes up a lot of characters. Yeah, SLA 2017. Yes, sounds good. Cool. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you in Edinburgh next week, I guess. Bye. Bye. Bye.